Wow, what an end to a week. I have been praying for our country as we discuss freedom and what it even means. The freedom to do what we want, in this case with our bodies, sometimes to the detriment of unborn children. But I want to take a step back from that controversy today to talk about what truly ails us at the beginning. You know, years ago, my sister and brother-in-law and their brood of six small children moved to a beautiful new house with a very long driveway that led to a busy road, like really busy. And thankfully, of course, uncle started to worry, so one of the kids would be hurt on that road, but my sister, a masterful mother, had a plan. She put the kids on their bikes, their little cars, and their skateboards, and this posse of fun headed down the driveway, and my sister brought supplies too, a lawn chair, a water bottle, a trash can, spray paint, and sunscreen. She was in it for the long haul. When they got about 25 feet from the dangerous road, my sister took the can of blue spray paint and sprayed a line across the driveway and then explained that anyone who crossed the line would lose their vehicle immediately to the trash can. No questions asked. And then she sat down in the lawn chair on the other side of the blue line, lathered up with sunscreen, and waited for an infraction. And because they knew that she meant business, and also because they knew that she loved them, that line might as well have been a brick wall. So people, because of this rule, they played and they raced and were happy. Sometimes they would come perilously close to the line, and my sister would ring a school bell from the kitchen window while she watched them as she did her chores, and children would dash and race from the blue line. Again, they knew she meant business. You know, when we, we subtract the theological language that moral theologians use, this story, to me anyway, is as good as any to explain the love of God and his desire to protect us from sinful things, in the end, that only enslave us. Ever since I've been a priest, there have been Catholics who ask for appointments that struggle with all of the thou shalt nots of our faith and our modern mindset such statements are viewed as assaults to our freedom. But what if those thou shalt nots are simply the blue line that will keep us safe and happy and flourishing as human beings? You know, in a little over a week, we are celebrating the 4th of July, so it's fitting that the second reading from Mass today is about freedom. There are a few topics more misunderstood in America than the topic of freedom. Freedom is often disguised at or described, rather, as the ability to do what I want, when I want, however I want. And when I can do whatever I want and not be influenced or punished by others, that's when I'm truly free. And when I can't do something, then my freedom is inhibited. God and the church are often seen as enemies of freedom and happiness. God is the great restrictor with his laws and rules and commandments. And his goal, some people think, is to make us miserable. The reality is, though, that God is the happiest of all beings. And he has created us to be happy. He wants us to be truly happy and not settle for false freedom that is actually slavery in disguise on the other side of the blue line. In the church, we call that false freedom licentiousness. St. Paul says as much in the second reading that Christ set us free, but he says not to use the freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, 
to do whatever we want, like spoiled children. We see this played out in the Old Testament when God forces Pharaoh to let his people go. With great joy, they sing a song of thanksgiving to God and his power that gave them freedom. I will sing to the Lord, for he is gloriously triumphant. Horse and chariot he is cast into the sea. My strength and my refuge is the Lord, and he has become my savior. This is my God, I praise him. The God of my father, I extol him. The Lord is a warrior, Lord is his name. The people are finally free. But the Lord released them from the bonds of slavery for a reason. Moses tells the Israelites that they belong exclusively to God, a people peculiarly his own. God calls them not to be slaves, but to be a chosen family. And when we read the Old Testament, however, we know that it is the story of the stubbornness of a people who continually cross over the blue line seeking freedom to their own detriment. Because in the end, although they hate to admit it, they need God for directions to the promised land, for food, for water, and so on. And over and over, even though God freed them from the chains of slavery, his stiff-necked people chose slavery to sin. When we hear the word law, we naturally have a repulsion to it. Sometimes I speed. I'm sorry for these and all my sins. Freedom and law can sometimes seem like the opposite of one another. But what is, what is the purpose of the law? When we read, learn, for example, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not was probably burned into our memories, but thou shalt not is an incomplete picture of the law, where it's, where it's leading to, and most importantly, what it is giving to us. Just like the blue line, the law is attempting to give us joy and happiness. But if all we hear is don't and not, without ever hearing the vision, we misunderstand its purpose. There's a crucial line that we often forget that I don't think was ever taught to me when I learned the Ten Commandments. The first commandment in Exodus chapter 20 doesn't actually begin with a don't, but begins with, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from that place of slavery. God gave these people uh, laws to these people that he had rescued from over 400 years of slavery. A God who desires them and us to be happy, who wanted them and us to be free. That was on the other side of those laws, the path to true freedom. How many of us have seen the pain and the destruction of the lives of the people who choose to live on the other side of the blue line of God's love? Because he loves us more than we can ever imagine, God gave us the Ten Commandments and lists of sins that are the deadliest and are probably the most common sins in our world today. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Someone would also say that these prohibitions are part of what we call natural law as well. That is, they can be found in the depths of our hearts before we even read sacred scripture. Although I don't have time to outline the consequences of sins, there are many. And after a lifetime of this kind of false freedom, when a person comes to confession, these consequences are often visible on the outside. Pain and suffering 
and loneliness and addiction and even sickness, physical sickness. In short, slavery. I don't believe that the Ten Commandments and that list of deadly sins is love at its foundation, then I will question the blue line. Why can't I do that? Why can't I tell my family goodbye, as the first reading Gospels talk about? Why can't I get revenge on my enemies? Why can't I take the most innocent, inconvenient life? I'll never be satisfied in life. But if I do what the Lord our God says with a conviction that he loves me and truly desires my freedom by leading me, by showing me what is truly free and happy life and what it looks like, then I'll do whatever it takes to stay on this side of the blue line. Because that is what my heart was created to experience. Happiness isn't passing pleasure, but an enduring peace that is found only in communion with the God of the universe. The spirit that lives in all our hearts, as St. Paul says, is guiding us to that freedom. As we celebrate true freedom in our country next week, let's live for the freedom that God created us to experience. And let us also ponder all the ways that, are, that we find ourselves on the other side of the blue line and the human cost to those sins in light of God's love. Let us ponder the many blue lines that we pass before people end up, for example, in the jail cell, in the addiction ward, in the divorce court, in the personnel office, in the principal's office, or even the abortion clinic. God weeps when we suffer, so let us listen to a God who loves us.